Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hi there and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. Uh, this is in the middle of a, a dozen episodes that I'm doing by myself instead of interviewing people. I've got interviews lined up that'll start again after this series is over. The first set of things was talking about the three elements of your superpower that you have and how to think about them, how to identify them, how to, f- how to figure out how to use them. And to add good to the world, to make an impact, to make money, and to have a lot of fun. You know, there seems to be this huge upheaval going on these days of sort of a rebellion against the cog in the machine feeling. And I didn't, I mean, I had all kinds of ideas about where that came from. And ranging everything from, you know, conspiracies to that's just, we've created a religion around having stuff. And the story about how to get stuff was to go to work and work hard and get up in the company and get promoted. And entrepreneurs were weirdos that couldn't fit in that mold. Today, we really see that entrepreneurship, meaning the idea that you can create your own business, that's the lifeblood of the economy. Those ideas, and even if they turn into big companies, I mean, Jobs and Wozniak, started Apple Computer in a garage, and so did Bezos, and now they're Amazon and Apple, two of the biggest in the planet. And so, and there are other examples. So that doesn't, that that just sings the praises of creating your own business. And they have been wildly successful, and most aren't and won't ever be. And quite frankly, most people don't want that. I, I wouldn't want that. I have a very specific set of things I want to do in the world, And they revolve around smaller numbers. Now, I have this road to 50 million that you know about. Uh, I'm committed to help 50 million people this year. And my year started October 14th. So I'm a lot further in the year than it might seem. I'm recording this right at the end of June, June 30th. It won't air till July sometime. But here's the thing. You have the ability to be your own business if you want to. You're free to go have a job. Of course you are. And here's the thing. Is the job that you have happy? Do you wake up Monday and hate the idea of going to work? If you do, why are you still going? You know, the idea that you're trapped and can't do anything was never true. But it is far less true today than it has ever, 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 ever been. Why? Because we've been through the pandemic. In 2008, not the pandemic, in 2008, jobs were restructured and a lot of stuff changed. Whole industries changed. New industries were born and everything. And the precipitator was the real estate crash. In in 2021 and 22, three years essentially of the pandemic, lockdowns and restrictions and printing too much money and wild economic impacts and raising gas prices and, you know, now ending with a war in Europe and just madness. That has caused another global reset. And the global reset is an awakening of two things. One, people are getting tired, more and more tired. They're awakening to the idea that they weren't born. You weren't born to have a job and go to work somewhere for 40 years. You weren't born to do that. 
You were born to be creative and to do something good, to add good to the world. That's the phrase I use and the phrase I love, add good to the world. Like we breathe and we add something, right? Carbon dioxide. But you and I, we get to make a choice about creating on purpose and adding good to the world. Why? Just because we can. I mean, we see the consequences all over the place of people adding bad to the world. Greed, cruelty, you know, people's reputation. There's been a lot on the media lately about certain members of the Russian military and their cruelty and their famed reputations for stuff that's unthinkable and I won't even describe. That's not the kind of reputation you want. You want to live a life of meaning and purpose. I know you do. It's in your heart. What also happens is you don't believe that you can live a life of meaning and purpose and make good money. You believe that living a life of meaning and purpose means a vow of poverty. That's nonsense. Money follows value. If the good that you add to the world creates real value, you will be paid and paid well. So let's get that thought out of the way right now that adding good to the world means poverty. Let's also get the thought out of the way that being wealthy or having money means you're a jerk, bad, evil. People misconstrue in some scripture or Bible, I think, it says people have the phrase money is the root of all evil, but that's not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And that is even broad When you think of loving money as a tool, if you're going to use it for good and that's your sole intention, then loving having money to do that with is like loving having more food than you need to spread it all over the place. So it isn't the money that's the problem. It's the religion, the love of money for its own sake, the belief that it bequeaths coolness, that somehow you are a cooler person because you have some. Nonsense. You've been given the opportunity for a stewardship over resources. You're going to have to give an accounting of that, whether you like it or not. That's the truth. The accounting comes sometimes in this world where reputation and everything comes from people's use of the resources they have. And if there's a judgment, and I know there is because I've died and seen the other side, but there will be an accounting of our behavior here. We were given gifts when we came into this world. And what we do with them and what we make out of ourselves is all we're taking home. That's it. Nothing else. There'll be no resume with our job titles, bank balances, or the number of cars that we had. It won't be there. It'll be what we've made out of our soul's personality character, and there'll be no hiding. So that's a little soapbox here. <clears throat> At the beginning, this is episode 784, and I want to talk about monetizing your backstory. <clears throat> 778 through 780, I think. Well, anyway, 780 to 782, I think. We were talking about the three threads. The three threads that make up your your ability, your superpower. And I know that's a cliche word, but superpower is real. And what I mean is there's something that you can do better than anyone else in the world. Period. I don't know what it is, but you can figure it out. And those episodes, 780 to 82, was about how to figure that out. The three elements are the skills you've developed. I've learned to play the piano. I've learned to be an effective manager and had lots of positions to do that. I've learned a lot of other things. And so have you. You have a set of skills you've been selling in the marketplace for years. Okay, great. 
But that's only one of the threads. And what we try to do is we try to make that our whole life. We identify with our jobs. Who are you? Oh, I'm a dentist. I'm a whatever. We identify with that function. And it misses the whole other two pieces of your real superpower. <clears throat> the skills you've learned are just one thing. And the reason so many people work all their lives in corporate or some other thing and then say, I hate my job, I hate my job, is because they're only using the skills they learned. And they went and sell them in the marketplace. And that's fine. Think of a guy going to college or a gal going to college and delivering pizza. Well, that's a skill they learned so they could get through college so they could do something else. It was, you know, they don't think that's the be-all, end-all. Well, neither is your college education or your trade or anything else unless you factor in the other two pieces of your superpower. And the other two pieces are your, your natural gifts. Everybody came with a set of natural gifts, and one of the episodes is about that. And the third one is your life experience. Your life experience shapes who you really are, how you use your existing skills and your natural gifts. Those three things, your existing skills, natural gifts, and the shaping of your life story that has provided for you, ruined you or refined you or both, that is the key to this. So yesterday, <clears throat> and for the next bunch of episodes, we're going to talk about uh, creating your superpower, monetizing your superpower, how to add good to the world and do this business of ultimate life. Like this podcast is about living your ultimate life, where you wake up every day and you're in love with your life. You love your everything you're doing. You're excited. You're about good stuff. This is who you are because you want to be. Well, you can have that. There's nothing in the universe that can prevent you from having it except you. And most people do. Most people settle for mediocrity. Oh, that's all I can have. Oh, I have not time. Oh, too many this, that, and the other. Responsibilities, I can't, whatever. That's all story. And you can live in the story. I can't convince you otherwise. What I'm trying to do is shake the room a little, light the walls on fire, so maybe you can see that there is a real possibility for you listening right here, right now, or watching. You have a real live superpower to add good to the world, whether superpower is a cliche word or not. We talked yesterday about backstory as one of those elements. And <clears throat> I, I said yesterday, and I'll repeat it now for just for continuity, and that is people say, I don't got nothing. My backstory is boring. I've had people just look at me and tell me that. And maybe sometimes they know something about my backstory, and mine isn't boring. You know, depression, addiction, failed relationships, super high-level positions in the U.S. and Canada, lots of money, lots of intrigue and all the rest, and lots of addictions and a couple of suicide attempts and rehab and a bunch of stuff. So I've got a wild backstory. And so people sometimes say, well, I got nothing. I didn't have this and I didn't have this. And that. You still have a powerful, meaningful, useful, inspiring backstory. You just think that it has to have these elements in order to matter, and it doesn't. So we talked about that yesterday, and I gave you some very specific assignments and uh, methods to create your backstory, to go back in your life and look at pivotal events that were pivotal in your life. And they don't have to be life-threatening or earth-shattering. They're the things that made you who you are. Because today, you have a certain set of values, principles. You do certain things. You don't do other things. You believe certain things. You have a yearning to serve. Maybe you're engaged in volunteer activities. I talked to somebody the other day 
that I met on the networking platform Lunch Club, which I love, by the way. And he's on a board of a number of nonprofits having to do with mental health and some other things. And the reason, of course, was out of his backstory. Somebody close to him had committed suicide. And so that made him really focused on that. And that made him powerful. The event shaped his life and his backstory. And so he was powerful in that way. And he was adding a lot of good to the world sitting on those boards. I know another fellow right now who's a client who uh, got national legislation passed because of an event in his life. Something to do with kids. And I don't know all the details, but it was something about kids' safety. And, and something happened. And, it, you know, there was a law passed and a bunch of lobbying and national you know, law put in place because of this person's experience and effort. So everybody has a backstory. And you can choose to disregard yours, discount it, and pretend it's nothing. But you're doing me a disservice. I want to hear yours. I want to know you. You're a fellow divine being. You and I were in the same place before. We chose to come here. We're here by choice. We're here with mission and purpose. You feel it, and I know you do. Most people are afraid to give into that intuition and really explore it. So they dabble around the edges and piddle around the middle and don't organize and get busy with the contribution they could make to the world. Why would you do that? I did that for a long time. And if I look in the mirror and say, Kellen, why did you do that? Well, partly I didn't realize. Partly I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't matter. And my backstory and my experiences, nobody would care. And everything I screwed up just meant I was a screw-up anyway. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. Well, that's a combination of stupid victim thinking and untruths. Every person created by God, however you conceive the divine to be, that intentional creation was not an accident. It was done with love and intention. And the fact that some of us came here to the world in hard and difficult circumstances, or seemingly, and others in favored circumstances, in rich countries and poor countries and all the rest, doesn't negate the truth of your individual loving creation. The point of this existence, whether it's five minutes or a hundred years, seems to be the choices that we make in whatever circumstances we're in. So if you're in tough circumstances, what choices do you make there about who you're being and how you show up in the world? If you're in you know, favored circumstances, what choices do you make? The fact that one seems to have a life of ease and the other a life of struggle doesn't matter. It really doesn't. One feels harder than the other, and I have never been in extreme poverty, so I can't pretend to fully understand that at all. I've had times when I had to declare bankruptcy and wondered where my food was coming from and all that. I have had that, but never, you know, starvation kind of stuff. So I don't pretend to understand that. But what I do know is in the range of circumstances I've been in, from addictions and attempted suicide to bankruptcy and being very concerned about employment and money and personal health and dying and everything else, the thing that mattered most wasn't the circumstance, it's what I chose. And that's one of the reasons why your backstory is so important. So yesterday, or excuse me, last episode 783, I talked about creating your backstory. 
That means going through your life and intentionally choosing and analyzing a set of pivotal events that have shaped you to be the person you are today. Not in mundane ways, but the values you hold dear, the causes you endorse, the changes you want to see in the world, the lines that you won't cross, the integrity you have about whatever it is. That is who you are. And most people just sort of have that, and they don't even name it, crystallize it, stand for it. And that's called being addicted to mediocrity. You are so much more powerful than that. And most don't use it and sit around and look at it. But the good news is there is an upheaval in that awakening. You are not relegated to your circumstance. You are not your past choices. You are not what people have done to you. You're a divine being living in a body in a mortal circumstance where all this stuff happens around you. Some painful, some not. And the choices about what we do are what refine and create the person that we are. So today I want to talk about monetizing your backstory. I told you yesterday, how to, or last time, how to do that. I keep saying yesterday because we used to do the podcast every day. But anyway, it's twice a week now. So last episode, I walked through a specific process to create your backstory. And if you haven't done that, go listen to it and do it. Because thinking about your backstory in the abstract isn't going to help you. You know, it's, it's not going to help you. It's going to be, well, yeah, yeah, I could probably do that. That's nothing. That's being addicted to mediocrity. That's putting off what you could do now, here, and the difference you could make. Why won't you do that? So I'm inviting you and pleading with you. The world needs your gifts and talents. It needs your experience and your love and your desire to do good. That is in short supply. We can't control anybody else, but we can control what we do and we think. And how we act. So when you go through and finish that exercise, you will have on your developmental story spreadsheet. That's in the book, The Story Arc, and described and instructions given in the last episode. You'll have that. And so you'll know why you are how you are today. What you're passionate about and why. What you're willing to do about it and why. What you're apathetic about and why. What you're afraid of and why. You'll know all that clearly and powerfully. And what that gives you the, the ability to do is to shape that narrative. You're still alive and you're adding good to the world. Now, if you say, well, I'm not where I want to be. Okay, good. Nobody is. Every single person has stuff they're working on. I live the ultimate life. I have a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. I love every day. And no, things are never perfect. But they're perfect even though they're not perfect. Everything is exactly as it should be. Even the mistakes and the things that go wrong. It's exactly as it should be, and I love every minute of it. Well, if you wake up loving every day and excited about what you have to do, then that's pretty ultimate. <clears throat> now, when you look at how you are and where you are, you think, how can I make money with this story? The story of my life. Well, the story of your life you now have in your hands if you did the homework. The questions that matter for monetizing your backstory are really simple. If you look at the things that shaped your life, what did you learn? What did you learn so powerfully that you are really expert and powerful at that thing? 
that learning, that dealing with this or that situation, uh, rising above this or that challenge, changing this or that attitude, those pieces are what are valuable because they've shaped you into who you are and your story matters. Now, if you quit the middle and stop and settle for mediocrity, then it doesn't matter much because the world is full of people who gave up. The movies and the books and the stories aren't about them. The movies and the books and the stories and the people you follow on social are about those that didn't give up. Those that said, yeah, all that crap happened and I'm going ahead anyway. Why? Because I said so. So that's how you think of, that's where you start monetizing your backstory. Your backstory has to have an element of perseverance and choice in it. But if you're a, not but, but if you are a person who settles for mediocrity, then you'll say, oh, this is too much work. And you're right. Then it won't matter and you won't monetize Jack. You'll keep doing what you do now. And, of course, that means you'll keep getting the same results. And obviously you're happy with it because that's what you want. And that's okay. No harm, no foul, no judgment. But I'm speaking to those who are giving in to that yearning, who want to live that ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. This thing you see on the screen, if you're watching the video, www.ultimatelifechallenge.com, www.ultimatelifechallenge.com. That's a challenge, five-day challenge that we run every month for five days, an hour a day, to help people identify their unique superpower and then figure out how to turn it into a product or service to offer those who want it. So join that challenge if you'd like to help, like some help with that. But anyway, monetizing your backstory, which is just one element of this, one element. We're going to start in the superpower stuff tomorrow or next episode. <clears throat> Here I go with tomorrow again. When you look at your backstory, the, the, the trials, the hardships, the decisions, the mistakes, and the right things that you've done that have brought you to where you are now, and you look at those things, who could you help with that information? That, not even information, information's free. The thing that's powerful is the visceral experiences that you have had in your life that have shaped you, kind of like metal in a blacksmith forge shaped you in the fire of adversity, in the choices you had to make that were hard, in the uncertainties, in the fears you've overcome, whatever they were, that has forged you into a being that matters. That is the piece of backstory that matters. You may have had difficult times at school. You may have had a partner or a you know person betray you, a business partner do that. You may have had a job for a long time and it wasn't fulfilling and you felt completely stifled and then you made a change. And maybe you're in the middle of that change, but the courage to do it is a big deal. So if I hope, my hope is that at this point you realize that your backstory matters. You do have a story. It's different than mine. It's different than anybody else's. And that is one reason why your voice is both needed and unique. Needed and unique. So when you look at that story, how it shaped you, all those ways, what could you offer? Advice and help on what? Overcoming what kind of challenge? 
overcoming what kind of adversity? Everything from getting good grades in school to dealing with bullying to friends that weren't friends that backstab to gossiping to, you know, cheating in school to more serious things like, you know, people that commit crimes or robbery or breaking and entering or depression or drug use or family dynamic problems, abuse at home, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Every single one of those are challenges in more people's lives than you imagine. And I know you have your share. I don't know what they are, but you do. And you're thinking of them right this minute. No matter what the barriers were, you've overcome them or you wouldn't be breathing right now. Now, maybe you don't like how you've coped with them, and maybe that's part of the story. You know, my struggles with depression, my initial coping mechanism was learning to lie a lot, turning to drugs, and then a lot of self-sabotage, create big success, and then burn it down. Well, those coping mechanisms weren't very effective, and it didn't render me powerful. But I learned from them, and from that place of self-loathing, self-sabotage, substance abuse, and depression, I've now become someone else. And those same experiences have refined me. And so I have that to offer the world. So your your first question is looking at the backstory, throwing away all the nonsense about it doesn't matter and nobody would listen. What would you be able to offer? Maybe you connect well with kids. I know a lady right this minute who teaches yoga and uses storybooks to teach principles in the yoga practice. I know another lady who writes children's books and she uses the books like others do to teach a certain principle, funny characters and funny situations. Those are things with kids. There are, I know somebody right now who works with teens in different areas of struggle that all of this came out of their backstory. All of this came from their own experience. So the first thing is to figure out what do you offer? The second thing is what is the audience? Who's the audience that needs it? And it's not difficult. If you throw away the stories and the nonsense, you have something to offer and you know the audience right now. Writing it down and getting really clear is essential. Then you go about creating the mechanism because you're not going to stand on a street corner with a sandwich board advertising your story. But the good news is because of the Internet and print-on-demand publishing, and the, you can reach the whole world. You can reach the whole world, not just those that walk by the corner where you're wearing a sandwich board. You can reach the world. That means your potential audience is zillions. Your potential audience is huge. Your choices is now that you've identified what your backstory is and who needs it, the, the things you learned from your backstory, the gift you have to offer the right people and who those right people are. All you need to do now is figure out what form. Do you want to write a book? Do you want to create a program? Do you want to speak? Do you want to give service in a local club? Do you want to do stuff in schools? Like, what is the form of doing that? Now, here's the key to the money part. The key to the money part is creating the form and then offering it to the right audience. Now, that isn't a one and done. You might need to adjust the form. You might need to fine-tune the audience. But most people get stuck. I don't have a backstory. I don't know who needs it. And I have no idea what to do about the form. Or I know what my backstory and the learnings are, the powerful stuff I could have or give. And I know who needs it, but I don't know how to, well, I can't figure out how. Well, yes, you can. 
When the want to gets big enough, how to show up everywhere. When I learned that from a coach that I was with for many years. When the want to gets big enough, the how to pops up everywhere. Publishing on demand, the internet marketing, reaching anybody practically in the world. Well, I don't know, in the world, but 4 billion people, I think, have access to the internet out of 8. <clears throat> 2 billion are on Facebook. One single platform. So the, the, the barrier is the fear that says, if I build it, nobody will buy it. I don't know how to sell it. And what difference does it make anyway? Well, that's all fear-based. How to create a product, how to write a book, how to market it. Those are all well-known, well-worn paths. Those paths are worn, worn, worn. And so people then look at it and say, well, everybody's already done this. What good can I do? And the answer is you're unique, you're special, your backstory and the learnings are powerful. And I, I'm volunteering. I need you. And I know there are many more. So identify who needs the learnings from your story and identify what those are, how you would teach them, and then go to work finding out the form. Is it written? Is it video? Is it speaking? You know, maybe it's something physical like how to create a beautiful garden or how to learn music or, you know, how to play the ukulele. I don't know, but I know that it's there. And the backstory and the learnings from that are yours alone and yours uniquely, and they are able, you are able to monetize those if you want to. And people will gladly pay you. That's what I know. They'll gladly pay you. The barrier that most people have is they don't actually put it in a form and present it to the right people. They get lazy or they get scared. Now, I can't tell you, I can't fix lazy and I can't fix scared. You can fix it and I can help you fix scared. I've learned how to do that because fear was one of my greatest barriers. But I can't do the work for you. This is for you to do and for me to help. I offer many different forms of help. I'm offering it again now, this www.ultimatelifechallenge.com is one way. But I've got books and private coaching, group coaching, and all kinds of stuff to offer help. So monetizing your backstory is the greatest service, one of the greatest services you can do for your fellow people in the world. And it's also a tool to help you live your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.